Only a few more weeks until we stop hearing political ads on TV, radio, and every YouTube video we watch. But listen, we get it. Voting is important. However, not every vote in pop culture carries the same weight. In this episode of the show, we look at voting in everything from music to comics to cereal and more. Cast your ballots for the best nostalgia show in the world. This is Way Back to Pack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across from me in his polling place in the internet is Preston Bird. Preston, are you ready to cast your vote? I am. I'm casting the winning vote for whatever we are voting on tonight. I like to be the deciding factor in any conversation we have. So, um, are you ready? I was born ready baby <laughs> i um i actually it's it's funny because um my what's your earliest memory of of voting I, i'm not going to get right into everything right now but this like this this to me it's funny because this has always stood out to me so man you know i'm sure there was some sort of class nomination for mm. like uh, you know, like a class officer, like class president or something like that. But mm -hmm. I really don't remember specifics of it. Okay. And, um, you know, I I organized some voting stuff when I was a teenager in high school, um, but I wasn't yet eligible to vote. So, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you can't legally vote for like a major political thing until you're 18, all those early memories kind of just fall by the wayside. Do you have a specific memory? I do. So, um, I have no idea how old I was. Uh, I had to probably be like five, maybe five or six. And I specifically remember going with my mom so that she could vote for some election and hanging out in the, like she, you know, with closing the curtain behind her. And I remember she was wearing a dress and like, I was like just sitting there like next to her, like standing there while she was punching her holes in the ballots and like she showed me how everything was done and stuff like that. And so um, I'm hoping to carry on that same tradition uh, on Thursday. I'm going to go er early vote and I'm going to take my kids with me and um, I think it'll go well. So, uh, but I, I just, it's funny like how after all these years, I still remember that, that specific situation that I was in. Yeah. We took our kids um, last time we voted in the presidential election um, and I think they tag along with us to the primary here, but I don't know if they'll remember it because they, you know, who knows, but right. at least we're trying to model some good behavior for them. But, um, <clears throat> I will say that I do remember casting my vote in some other stuff that's non-political mm -hmm. and that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight on the show. Um, things in pop culture that, um, were, anybody was able to cast a ballot for, cast a vote for. Uh, and most of this stuff is is pretty pretty mundane, pretty silly, but I hope it brings back some good memories for all of our listeners and watchers. Yes. But uh, we, before we get into that, mm -hmm. let's, let's catch up a little bit. Uh, I, I was away for a while. I went on a little breather of a vacation and um, I came back 
to something fun in the mail. And I think you did too. Oh, yeah. So we can talk about some more stuff in a little bit, but I wanted to show off this package that I got in the mail. Oh, and don't show my address there. And here we go. Um, so it's a big manila, uh, sorry, big white envelope. And it is from Animation Legends. Now, if we have astute viewers who check out way back on the reg, they may have seen and heard you talk about this company before. Brian, give us a rundown of Animation Legends one more time. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I was, I, man, Instagram. So I guess theoretically Facebook has Instagram has the best ads. It's the only real like online advertisement that I'm ever like, Oh, look at that thing. I do want to buy that thing. Right. And I kept, they got you pegged, bro. I know it's so good. Um, I kept getting these ads for animation legends and I was like, man, there's no way, you know, of course I clicked on it to see how much they cost. And I was like, there's no way this is legit because it's so cheap. These animation cells, um, are so cheap and like for like 20 bucks, you can get three animation cells. Uh, and then they have different packs, like, you know, five, 10, stuff like that. Right. And so because I didn't believe how cheap it was, I watched some videos on YouTube. I Googled it just to see, Hey, is this like a legit thing? I went ahead and bit the bullet and bought the, um, got, got a three pack of street fighter, uh, and, I was very happy with what I got and I'll show that this off just real quick while I'm talking, explaining this. So you do not know what you're getting when you order these. Um, so you are getting a, um, a, a basically a grab bag, right? But they do guarantee at least one, a, uh, a cell in a pack of three. So, um, an A cell would be a, a cell that has a main character prominently featured on the cell. Yes. So my pack for um, for Street Fighter, uh, I would assume, I, I guess that this would technically be my A cell. So it's a so it's a good thing of Ken, a good cell of Ken being surprised. I'm pretty sure I know what episode this is from. I, I went back and oops, sorry about that. I went back and found uh, what I think it's from. Uh, I also got an awesome picture of um, Akuma. I do know what episode this is from. This is Akuma fighting his brother. And um, and then I'm pretty sure I know what this other cell is from as well. This is one of Cammy's, um, the elite group that Cammy is from. This is one of uh, those people from that elite group. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure I know what, what episode that's from. Also, stuck to my ken was uh, this... You know, they kind of have like, well, I guess you're not really going to be able to see this one that well. So it's, it's production in between cells. Yes. And so, you know, so they flip it up while they're, while they're drawing or painting or whatever to like see. And so, um, man, I was so happy with it. These cells, um, you know, they have like, uh, on them, they have the reference. Well, you, can't, you definitely can't see that. They have reference, um, references to like for the animators for like, Hey, what scene is this from? What, what? Um, sequences this in and that kind of thing. So I was really happy with that. Part of buying into Animation Legends is you, they notify you first when they pop up a new um, a new listing. And so uh, so I got that pop up one day while I was at work, and um, 
I shot Preston the thing over because I knew that he would be excited about this. I think new... I specifically told you, let me know mm -hmm. when this comes up for sale. Yes. And so I did, and you and I both ordered it. I haven't opened mine yet because I, I figured we I, I would do like an unboxing thing. Uh, and so everybody can be so excited about my well, animation cells. Well, I cheated. I already looked at mine. I couldn't wait. So uh, I'm going to show mine. I got 10 animation cells of the real Ghostbusters cartoon. I think it was like $50. So, I mean, five bucks a cell, that's crazy. And you're guaranteed a certain number. So here's what you get. It comes in that it comes in that big white envelope, the thick cardboard mailer, and it was not unscathed. Um, so there was some damage here, but yeah. my cells were um, were were okay. They come in a poly bag, Ziploc thing, with another little piece of like poster board, and then they come with a certificate of authenticity, which is helpful for all of them collectively. But I realize that. If I were to sell any one of these, um, it is not very helpful to carry with. It also means with. nothing. The, the certificate of authenticity is from the place you're buying it from. And so it's not like from like a reputable. Sotheby's. Right. Mm -hmm. All I can right, give you so, a certificate of authenticity for the show. Let's see what we got here. All right. And I'll try to be mindful of all of our listeners to the show because I know we got a lot of you that don't actually watch it. Just listen to it. So, uh here we have a great shot of Ray and Egon. And this one has the paper sketch backing adhered to it. And Brian, I tried to pull like you did, mm -hmm. but it was it is not happening on this one. So this one lives with this uh, cell permanently. Hey, it's got a background. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then we've got a weird little monster thing. And I'm sure, uh, let me hold them up against the white. It's called a ghost. Whatever it is. Uh, I don't know what episode it's from, but I'm sure we could figure it out. I got a pretty good one here of Peter Bankman just kind of mm -hmm. walking, strutting his stuff, saying hello, saying what's up. The only thing that stinks about it is it's kind of small on the, on the cell. I got a really good one, a really, really good one of some really bad character. It's like an old grandma character. <laughs> Don't know what's up with that. That I'd is really good, know. though. It's, like, solid. Like, if she was the main character, this would be a boss sell. Yeah. I, man, that's funny, too, because she's holding a teddy bear. I want, I want to know her story now. Okay. Now, this is where people might start getting jealous. I bet this is not classified as an A cell, but this is gnarly on its own. Check this out. Check out this ghost, this monster. It's like a bunch of mouths with a bunch of tentacles on it. It looks pretty gnarly. It looks I'm, like I'm down with it. It looks like it's also like climbing on top of something or something like that. There's like a cutout bar or something. Yep. And then, uh, okay, I've got two main characters here. Here is Egon tucking in something i uh, bet it's that old lady you think yeah oh, covering that up somebody's getting like, tucked into bed that looks like that old lady's bed it does and then i've got a really good one here of peter bankman who just got slimed 
And then the coup de resistance, the piece de resistance, rather, is Slimer. I bet you got some Slimers, too, because Slimer is everywhere in the Ghostbusters cartoon. Mm -hmm. I got three three shots of Slimer increasing in size. So here's a kind of a a mid-animation Slimer, tiny. Look at that that spud. I got a... This is a great pose of Slimer, kind of timidly, a little bit bigger than the last one. I can picture he's he's going like... (laughs) Yeah, before he, like, runs away and hides. (laughs) And then this is a great one if it were just a slightly better face, but it's super big on the page. Here's Slimer. Looks like he's squeezing out a fart or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my 10 Ghostbusters animation cells. I got those for 50 bucks. I plan on putting a few in my antiques booth. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll come back to where basically I probably don't, you know, keep the ones I want for free. And the rest will just recoup my money. So yeah, sell them for ten bucks a pop, and then and then you can use that as a way to build more cell collecting. Yeah, yeah. All so right. Brian, what did you get? So yes, so part of my reason for for wanting to do this is because I think it'll be interesting. You and I ordered our 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 orders very close together. So I whoops, that's the wrong person. So I wanted to see um, if our cells are close in nature. So I'm going to go ahead and open them. And here we go. Ooh, that was oh, satisfying. wow. Listen to that Foley effect. That's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Now, my, uh, I guess, I guess my, my pack or my envelope is like bent on one corner, but it's pretty good. Oh, man. I got a good one. All right. <laughs> All right. So, you know, of course, mine comes with the same stuff. Man, my, this one has a bunch of papers in it that, that are kind of aged. Yeah. Good. I was surprised I didn't get uh, more based on based on the fact that they stick so easily. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm certificate of authenticity, my order pack. All right. Let's see. We'll use this. Oh man, this is great. This looks like some kind of, um, uh, like a leprechaun or something. Maybe he's got like, it's a, called actually, a ghost. Brian, he looks more <laughs> Scottish. He's got like sure. a Scottish cap and a pipe. Oh yeah. So he is Scottish because I also have, Oh man, there's a really good one in here. I also have an Egon wearing a kilt. <laughs> so I got the grandma episode and you got the Scottish episode. Yeah. Well, I also got this. This. Yeah, this next. Oh, no, these are two different cells. I was going to say, man, this next one has two people on it for some reason. All right. So, oh, my goodness. Okay. So this is interesting. So there's two cells, but they go together. So, uh, you know, so like... In animation, they a lot of times will just have like a mouth that moves or something like that, and like the it'll just be a face with like a painted out mouth, and then they they're animating just the mouth. I assume that this is something similar to that because it is a, a ghost, but the head comes off and the body is still. So I don't know, maybe there's something cool with that. I feel like I did not get any. Oh, okay, never mind. I got some good ones. All right. All right, you this, were just talking about I got some good ones, and now you're like, I don't think I got any good ones. I, well, I was going to say, I, I feel like like I didn't have a lot of Ghostbusters, but okay. So uh, I got some kind of mobster ghost. He's pretty cool looking. Um, and then he has like the art also on the back for that. I got a Fankman kind of... It's kind of almost like a top-down shot thing of him falling like, through space what is he no. oh he's yeah you're staring he's start, down at him 
Yeah, he's searching for something in his pocket. That's pretty solid, though. I like that one. I got a Janine doing the Egyptian dance. (laughs) (laughs) There's your winner right there. You can't, it doesn't get better than that. And it also, oh, that's awesome too because the paper behind it, she is is she has more of a satisfied face, so that's cool. Um, I don't know who this is. I'm assuming that this is. I don't know. I guess this is Vankman maybe as a superhero. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> a big one. Look at that and cod then, piece. This one's pretty cool. Oh wow! So I got um, this cool looking guy in a in a hood. A hooded robe. He's like a ghost that's pretty, uh, looks all knowing. This one's chock full of Venkman's. Actually, this is probably the best one. It's a Hawaiian shirt, Venkman. Oh, casual. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's casual Friday Venkman right there. The, quali- the, the paint on this one, though, like there's no chipping at all. Some of these have like some chipping on them, but that one doesn't. And then this is a further away shot of that hooded ghost. Uh, he has. It looks like he's holding a bag and then like maybe a flute. So there we Is go. Is that all ten of yours? Yeah, I didn't count them, but that's all of them. So, dude, uh, you got some cool ones in there, but I'm gonna have to say, I think I came out on top with yeah. with my variety. Maybe I'll trade you something for a Slimer. I will definitely. I'll take you up on that offer since I have three and you have none. I I'm st- so so every month they release new um new shows. And they are going to revisit some shows that they have previously sold out of. And I know I was so bummed. I have, I did not even think it would come close to selling out. I thought I would order at the same time one of these other ones popped up. Uh-huh. But Street Sharks gone. Oh wow, like, really? Yeah, I tried to get it and it said sold out. Wow. The um, I am hoping like uh, as soon as Captain N pops back up, I'm going to be all over that one. And I'm hoping I just get a full-faced mother brain. That is my goal. So, I, um, Well, um, we did not... We are not shilling for Animation Legends. Just sharing with you guys. They're not a sponsor of the show. No. If but they want to sponsor us, I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, I'm fine with it, too. But I'll tell you who is a sponsor of the show. And that's a project near and dear to my heart. And that is Retrofied Magazine. I'm sure you heard on the last episode of the show, we have a brand new Retro Nostalgia magazine uh, out in the ether. The first issue number zero preview is available to download uh, or, or is available to view online right now. Um, you can flip through the magazine every single page. It's 52 pages of awesomeness of retro content. And um, it's got a little bit of Halloween stuff. It's got a mask feature article. It's got a little bit of everything. Um, but you can check that out right now at retrofiedmag.com. But if you want even more good stuff, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash retrofiedmag. And uh, you can sign up for one of our three different levels. Um, and you can get a downloadable copy PDF of the magazine, plus some perks, some behind the scenes concept art some additional imagery that we weren't allowed to uh, include in our magazine. And then we're shooting for a goal. We are a quarter of the way there right now. Uh, Once we get 100 subscribers uh, or 100 patrons on our account, we are going to do a print run of the magazine. So if you want to hold a physical copy of a Retro Nostalgia magazine, um, go ahead and subscribe at any level on our Patreon account. 
and hopefully we can get those printed out and um, have the retro feel of flipping through a magazine in your in your home at your leisure. So thank you to Retrofied Mag for sponsoring the show. And hey, you know another good sponsor, Brian? Who? Well, that's our friends over at Movie Spree from Mill Creek Entertainment. You may recognize Mill Creek Entertainment as the home entertainment industry's leading independent studio for Blu-ray, DVD, and digital distribution, and the folks behind Blu-rays of fine genre flicks like Hard Ticket to Hawaii and the newest Ultraman releases. But did you know, Mill Creek Entertainment also owns and operates Movie Spree, an on-demand streaming service offering movie bundles, complete TV series, and premium entertainment options with apps available on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Android, and iOS. Wow. And now you can get 100 free movies just for signing up for Movie Spree. Think of it as your own personal Video Vault starter kit. From action to comedy, romance and horror, there's something for everyone in this free bundle. Wayback Attack listeners can head over to moviespree.com slash redeem and enter the code moviespree100free to get started absolutely free. That's moviespree100free to get started and get 100 free movies from Movie Spree. Cast your vote for retro goodness. That's moviespree.com. And if you remember on a previous show, we gave away an animation bundle from Movie Spree. The fine folks at Movie Spree have another giveaway for us to offer to our listeners, and that is 31 Nights of Fright. So that is a collection of 31 movies, perfectly timed for Halloween. We got several days to get in some late night watching before the spook hour. And, uh, 31 Nights of Fright is creeping with ghosts, monsters, demons, sharks, spiders, and more. This whole hair-raising collection is available to purchase so you can watch it whenever you crave a dreadful fright. But you don't have to purchase it if you win our giveaway. Uh, movies include such, such illustrious hits <laughs> as Attack of the Monsters, House on Haunted Hill, Zombie Shark. Who could get Zombie Shark? <laughs> Attack of the Giant Leeches, and... If Zombie Shark wasn't enough, Ghost Shark is there to answer any questions you may have. That's his brother. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we thought we'd give away um, this collection. I've th I've got at least two, um, but we will have two winners. Uh, and what we're going to ask you to do is hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, preferably Twitter because Facebook sucks. Um, but hit us up and share a, a a picture of you and your voting sticker. All right. We got a mm -hmm. whole episode devoting to voting. We want to rock the vote. We want to get people out there voting. So show us that you voted. Um, and we'll give that away to one or two lucky winners, maybe more. Um, thanks again to Movie Spree for the gracious donation. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, which house on Honda Hill do you think that is? Because I think this is the Vincent Price one. Okay. Cool. Um, I am. I, I think, hey, you know what? Zombie Shark and Ghost Shark and Attack of the Giant Leeches, those sound like fun movies. That sounds like something that would be similar to, like, Birdemic. Um, whenever I hear Zombie Shark, though, I immediately think of that Italian zombie movie where the zombie fights the shark. Have you ever seen that? 
no oh man it's i'll have to show it to you sometimes like just that scene it's crazy it's like a zombie it's like a zombie underwater fighting a real shark while like you have to check it out this is before this is an old like probably in the 70s when they could get away with weird things on movies so <laughs> but uh, so but we've got a few you know that that should get folks in the mood for halloween um go check out moviespree.com mm -hmm. and see what else they have to offer that set in case i didn't make it clear it's 31 different movies um, I only listed a few of the few of the gems available for you to watch. Um, are you getting in the the Halloween spirit of things, Brian? I am. Um, Paige just decorated uh, the house. Um, she got this really awesome uh, skull that we did not have last year that has uh, color changing LED inside of it, and so like it changes from like red to blue to yellow and stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, the uh, uh, man. So I was going. I need to grab, I have like a scary sounds vinyl uh, and I need to go through and look and see, you know, I, I talked about how, I think I did it on one of our pinball streams. I talked about how I was wanting to, Oh no, it was last episode when I showed off the Namco museum record. So I was looking for that Ninja Gaiden record and I was, I found out today that the one that I have sells for like $600 on eBay, like selling prices. <laughs> Bro, and, that needs to go on eBay stack. I'm, it's, I'm in such a tough spot because I really like the record, but I haven't listened to it probably in at least in over a year. And so, I, like, how do you know? It's only going to go up in value. There's no, like, they're is not going to make more. Yeah, because they're, they're not going to make more. And so, yeah, but is the demand for this record going to continue? I, think I don't so. know, Brian. $600 is pretty good. I know. I know. And I can, you know, like, I could do a lot with 600 bucks right now, but I could also listen to Ninja Gaiden soundtrack. <laughs> You can do that on Spotify, dude. Look, yeah. I just sold, I just sold a VHS tape with three and a half hours of Toonami cartoons on it. Mm -hmm. uh, to be sold as blank, mind you. I mean, this we're not talking. You know, I'm no copyright infringement here. We're, I'm selling the VHS tape so that you can record over it, obviously, right. mm -hmm. um, on eBay for ninety dollars, dude. That's crazy. This is it. it people throw this stuff away. But other people spend ninety dollars on three and a half hours of cartoons from Toonami. So I have I have a VHS tape of nothing but Japanese TV. That's like it is literally just set to record from like one of my friends. <laughs> he was he was Japanese and he used to do that for me when he went home. He would re just record it and give it to me because at the time I was really into anime and so I couldn't understand what anyone said. But it's, it's tons of just Japanese commercials. I bet somebody would want that. That's but. awesome. Well, uh, I know it's October, and so people may have been hoping that we would do a spooky show. We're going to get to that in next episode. Um, it's going to be a big buildup because next episode happens to be not only our Halloween-themed episode, but also our one-year anniversary show. So we have a lot of surprises in store. I um, hope you continue to check out the show and listen to that one here in two weeks on Tuesday, Twitch at 10 or the following way back Wednesday when we launch it on the podcast apps. Um, but tonight, we're putting the scary things aside. Well, I guess it's scary if you continue to look at it this in a certain light, but we're going to be talking about voting and pop culture. Let's get into it with Rock the Vote. The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech. The 
The First Amendment gives you the right to choose what you hear, what you say, and what you think. Express yourself. Vote. All right, so for my first uh, highlight this evening, I wanted to highlight the thing that probably most of us remember from our youth, and I think it's still a campaign that's going on today, mm -hmm. and that is Rock the Vote. So Rock the Vote first came to the airwaves in 1990 when it was founded by record executive Jeff Ayeroff, and uh, it's that was Iggy Pop, I forgot to mention. So that was a video with, featuring Iggy Pop, Mm -hmm. um, but this campaign over the years has featured so many different musicians trying to highlight the need to vote. Um, there was one great commercial with Aerosmith that I wanted Brian to play, but the audio on it was just so screechingly bad. It didn't work, but, um, it's, you know, it's rock stars trying to be in your face, trying to be provocative. Check out the, the Aerosmith one on, um, on YouTube if you get a second, but, um, you know, there, this is a this is a big campaign. Do you remember this, Brian? I do. Um, you know, this like these this time period was probably when I watched MTV the most. You know, this would have been like around the time of like Be With Some Butthead and, you know, Brendan Stimpy and that kind of, you know, those kind of shows were on there. Uh, and so, yeah, I definitely remember these going on. And I feel like, didn't they do something like a Farm Aid or, you know, stuff like that, too? Like, didn't they? I feel like they did a Rock the Vote concert also. Um, they may have. I, I don't recall specifically. But now that you mention it, that does seem familiar. So mm -hmm. I would not be surprised. I mean, with all the talent um, pledging together for this effort, you'd think that they probably would do something to benefit that as well. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Um, but whether or not they did that, they did have a lot of firsts. So, like I said, it started in 1990, but in 1996, Rock the Vote, they created the first telephone voter registration system. I mean, that seems so commonplace now, but it's it's funny to believe that Rock the Vote with, you know, uh, Iggy Pop <laughs> and whoever. Uh, I saw a video from D-Light. Do you remember that? Groove mm -hmm. in the Heart people? Mm -hmm. they, had, they were part of it too, so... D-Light, Iggy Pop, they were fronting uh, an organization that did the first telephone voter registration system, 1-800-REGISTER. I don't know if it's still live today. Maybe check it out, 1-800-REGISTER, see if it works. And then they are also responsible for the first online voter registration system called NetVote uh, later that year, 1996, early adopters. So uh, I just want to put this out there. If you call that number and it's a bad number, uh, that's not our fault. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you're choosing to you're 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 voting for disappointment with that yeah. call is what you're probably doing. It's so funny because, you know, every single app or website that I visit right now has at the top. Are you registered to vote? Hey, click right here. You can register to vote, register to vote right here. And so, you know, that's, you know, I think that it's interesting how. MTV was a great gateway into getting the youth of America more engaged with democracy. Uh, and so, like, you see the carryover from that into every app that everyone's using nowadays. So I think that's really yeah. cool. Uh, we're going to get into some silly voting stuff. But, you know, this Rock the Vote is actually for a true voter registration drive for politics, for uh, American government. And, you know, it's a, it's, it was a problem then. It's still a problem today where uh, there's just inactive voters. I saw a graphic um, where 
Texas last year uh, or last election, like something like 48% of eligible voters didn't cast a ballot. That's crazy. So that's pretty insane. I hope that is reduced a lot this year. Um, but I also wanted to mention, even though we're talking Rock the Vote, which aired on MTV, it wasn't necessarily MTV's right. Rock mm -hmm. the Vote. You just kind of associate it. But MTV did actually have a, another campaign called the Choose or Lose campaign. It was a multimedia campaign aired in 1992 um, to educate potential voters. So they have like, you can check out the videos online where they talk about what's a caucus and what are all these different terminologies to uh, political phrases and stuff. And their campaign, they won a Peabody Award and it, it helped contribute. I, you can't totally show that this is the sole contributor, <laughs> but it contributed to uh, that year's largest youth turnout since 1976, so in uh, in more than 20 years. So it's cool that all this awareness is happening and they're targeting the young people because young people are the ones that, uh, you know, need to get out and register. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really important because, you know, no matter how you vote, like making sure that I think so many people just take for granted or not, not even that. Maybe they just feel like it's useless, like their their vote doesn't matter or whatever. But, you know, it's those people that that aren't are missing out on their civic duty. You know, like this is your really your only chance to really have a say in the way that the, uh, our government is formed and so uh, or, or runs. And so. You know, I think if you're able to get younger people into voting, you know, once once they register and they vote, like I would like to see like the drop off from people that have voted that stopped voting, uh, you know, and see how that how those numbers correlate to uh, to engagement with voting with people that are are voting and then continue to vote. Because I'm, I'm willing to bet like once you vote the first time, I find it hard to believe that you would ever just be like, oh, I'm not going to vote anymore, you know. So like if yeah. you've gotten to that point, you know, at that point, all you have to do is show up someplace and hit a thing so yeah um, well if you remember the rock the vote campaign uh shoot us a message and share us your favorite celebrity that rocked the vote uh, maybe what inspired you to, to sign up to vote but um that's probably the only one we'll talk about that has real world relevance <laughs> now we're going to move on to the important stuff all right well i'm going to talk about the tick because uh the the tick is uh he's my voting hero so um, when I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was really into the series. Um, <clears throat> NEC press is the, uh, is the publishing house for this comic and they were best known for their highly successful and popular black and white series. And the tick was, uh, one of these series. Uh, and it, it's, it kills me to know that I had this episode or this issue of the tick. It was the first issue and, um, I colored it. I colored it all in oh, no. <laughs> with, with colored pencils. It was awesome. Uh, and it would probably be worth something to today if I didn't do it. But uh, so anyways, the company grew um, during the 80s and early 90s. Uh, they got a, a pretty rabid fan base for um, for the tick here. Uh, and, you know, his popularity kept growing uh, and it eventually grew out into cartoons and TV shows and that kind of thing. Um, but during that time, they decided, hey, you know what? We're not going to just do black and white comics anymore. We're going to start doing color. And Whoa. so they started the uh, new series called Chromatic. And uh, basically, 
uh, Chromatech, people were excited because you know you didn't have to color in all the the comics anymore. They could uh, they were already colored for you. So, uh, but anyways, these um the Chromatech series they wound up being a little bit thicker. Ben Edlund, the um the the guy that wrote the tech, uh, he started doing. Uh, kind of like Marvel did at the time, uh, where they would have like an editor's corner or creator's corner, and um, he would, you know, respond to things and that kind of thing. But how does the tick relate to voting? So I was, I'm pretty sure I had all three. I know for sure I had one of these variant covers, but issue four of of chromatic uh was um had a regular cover and then three uh variants and so the issue was the tick attended a swank dinner party hosted by the parents of oedipus meanwhile the party is surrounded by the menacing menace of the ninja hedge the ninja battle heats up when seijin the wolf enters the fray and the search for the all-powerful and this issue featured the Tick, Arthur, and Paul the Samurai. Paul the Samurai was awesome because he kept he hit his sword in a baguette, and he would always draw <laughs> it out. Like anytime someone threatened him or like looked at him funny or he got mad, he would always pull a samurai sword out. But samurai swords have to taste blood before you sheath them, so he had cuts all over his fingers wherever he always had to cut himself. But the variant covers of this ep- of this issue uh, were three different ones relating to the current political uh, presidential campaign election that was going on. So they did three different uh, covers. One that says Bush reelected and upset Perot wins in shocker and Clinton land by a landslide. And then underneath it, it says batting a 1000. <laughs> so because they were going to be 100% right on, on whichever one it was. So I know I had the Perot one because um I, I have a memory of sitting in my theater teacher's house and we were, I don't even know what we were doing, but I had that issue with me uh, because I thought Ross Perot was so funny uh, of a person. And so um, I specifically remember having that issue, but have you ever, have you ever read a tick comic before Preston? I think I did. Um, I was big into indie comics in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So I probably didn't, wasn't exposed to the tick until it was a cartoon, but afterwards I'm sure I checked out a, a tick a tick comic book. I don't think I saw any of the, the black and white ones that, like you did ahead no. of time. But you know, black and white comics. We've talked about them before, um, especially the independents in the '80s. There were a bunch of them that were just cheaply made black and whites. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I gave away Fat Man, <laughs> that was a black and white comic. But um, no, I didn't remember this for the tick. The um, it was cool too because uh, that was the first. I mean, you have to think the age. That was like the first time I remembered like the family watching like the political debates and, you know, like everything leading up to the election. And so, um, you know, it was like that election was like a big deal. And it was cool that like my favorite superhero at the time was a part of it or whatever. So, yeah, it was a it was a big deal um, for me, too. I was I was 12. So it was kind of like the first time I was really aware of the process. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure they had all these kind of voting things in school where you could do mock elections and stuff. Um, I remember, you know, you know why I remember most of this though, honestly, is because of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the way they had uh, Phil Hartman as Bill Clinton Mm -hmm. and Ross Ross Perot by uh, 
Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. He did Bush and and Perot. Mm-hmm. And I remember them making fun of his big ass charts all the time. <laughs> um, I've got a uh, my buddy. I think it's my buddy Shannon. He's got a story where he just straight up called Ross Perot one time. Like you, what? Which I forget which company he worked for, but he, you know, he was the head of this big corporation, and he just called the number and <laughs> and uh, and said, "I'd like to speak to Mr. Perot, please." And they put him through. <laughs> <laughs> You just have to be like, I- I'm Doctor, I- I'm Doctor So and So, and I need to speak to Mister Perot, please. And they're like, Oh yes, Im- immediately. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, the tick, the tick is a crazy guy, uh, but I wouldn't say that he is as uh, cuckoo as this next one. What do kids want this election year? We want chocolate money. I'll make donkey money. How about elephant money? We want chocolate money. And if you vote for me. I'll put some in Cocoa Puffs really soon. Kids, if real chocolate money's what you want, you can vote for Sunny on special boxes of Cocoa Puffs, the chocolatey part of a good breakfast, or at yourulesschool.com. Enough votes and Sunny will put free chocolate coins in upcoming boxes of Cocoa Puffs. A vote for me is a vote for chocolate money. <laughs> so this commercial, I don't, I didn't remember it. This came out in 2000, obviously, the, around the 2000 election. But this came off that VHS tape I just sold on on eBay, uh, so thank you. It's 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 given in more ways than one. Um, so what I loved about this, and I shared this on on Twitter, is <laughs> I love that they're you know centering it around elections. But Sonny's main platform is that he will bribe you with chocolate coins. Um, I don't know how that's not a winning strategy today, right? <laughs> I know that man. I you know I would probably vote for whatever candidate gave me chocolate money because when I was a kid I loved chocolate money. That was the best. The little gold coins, yeah, they're yeah. so cool. It's like you're uh, you felt like you were a goonie and you discovered <laughs> uh, One-Eyed Willie's private treasure, but then you could also eat his private treasure. So, um, yeah, that was a little after my time. You know, like I said, two thousand. But I wanted to lead into with that one because I bet a lot of people hadn't seen that before um, due to its age, but. You know, voting in serial is nothing new. In 2016, the um, General Mills had the Monsters voting 2016, or you could choose your favorite monster cereal, mm-hmm. Booberry, Count Chocula, Frankenberry. Um, going even back way further, um, in 1976, they had their first vote for kids on the back of the cereal box to choose whether or not should the rabbit eat tricks. Spoiler <laughs> alert, they voted for him to be able to eat the tricks. Well, um, I guess they forgot that that happened or they were just banking on a new generation of kids. So they gave a new generation of kids that same hard, hard decision during a tricks race. I tried everything. I'll never get to taste tricks with lime green pops. Tour de tricks bicycle race. Winner receives silver bowl of tricks. A fruity, delicious part of a complete breakfast. Wow! So many people racing for tricks. They must realize that tricks with lime green is really fruity. Fire up! The Italians are the lead, but the French are right behind them. I'll never catch them. Yeah! What a lift! 
lemony yellow. Here I come. Orangey orange. I'm halfway there. Grapefruity purple. They're slowing down. Raspberry red. I'm getting ahead. Their wheels a wheel, and the rabbit wins by an ear. Lime green. I'm the winning team. Yes, the rabbit wins the trick. We're three sample kids. I say he gets it. I say he's a rabbit. Kids, you can decide. Does the rabbit get the silver bowl of tricks? We need your vote. Ballots on boxes of tricks. Please vote yes. So forget about real politics. Mm -hmm. Deciding whether or not the Trix rabbit finally got a bowl of cereal was maybe the most important decision we've ever made in our lives. I am impressed by the money spent on that commercial. It's a minute long ad. That's a long yeah. time. That and is crazy long. They used, uh, you know, this is 1991, right? They used they use compute they use cg animation in that like for the for the trophy and stuff like that that the that the box of cereal is in i'm surprised by the amount of money that they spent on that that commercial ad yeah the, the fact that it's a minute alone speaks to uh some novelty because cereal commercials were a dime a dozen mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen a minute long cereal commercial before but it was important i mean yes. this rabbit has been trying to get after the cereal for years <laughs> He finally won the race to win, and they're still casting doubt on whether or not he was deserving enough. So leave it to the kids. And uh, dear listener, if you were wondering, let's find the solution. What happened? Remember when the rabbit won the race? But does he get the tricks? The kids voted yes! Just this one. The rabbit wins the tricks, the fruity, delicious part of a complete breakfast. Wow! Lemony yellow, orangey orange. So there's a good trivia question for you. If you're ever asked, did the Trix Rabbit ever get to eat the cereal? The answer is yes, at least twice. Mm -hmm. The, um... This so this is not a Mandela effect, right? They did do so the so the at that time in ninety two, ninety one, whenever. Uh, at that time, tricks were just little colored balls, but they did have fruit shaped tricks at some point, right? Yes, that was that. It transitioned to okay. those in the nineties. Okay. okay, I couldn't remember if that Far was a Mandela inferior. effect or if it was. Oh, really? You think that's worse than balls? Yeah. They also kind of changed the texture, too. So, like, mm. original tricks were more like kicks. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then when they went to the fruit shape, it became not quite as 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 bad, but like the monster cereal texture now. Mm. Right? Like mm. Frankenberry. It's like a little too puffed, kind of cheap. That's what I think they moved to when they changed the formula of tricks from the balls to the fruit shapes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so there's a little bit of trivia for you. I bet you didn't know that or remember that. Um, but, you know, uh, people have been voting for a lot of different things. Um, cereal, junk food, candy. So um, check out this other one for junk food. If Did you remember that we voted for a new color for M&M's? In America today, an important national election is taking place, and your vote can make a difference. Pink, purple, blue. Vote for the new M&M's color and give America's chocolate a brighter future. Listen, kids, I don't know 
if your parents are making you to listen to this podcast uh, along with them in the car. But believe it or not, there was a time when we did not have blue M&Ms. No, they only exist. You're welcome because we demanded it. Yes. The, you know, what's crazy, too, is like, you know, back when we were kids, M&Ms were just earth tones. And um, Paige is playing some game on her phone where you have to like, there's like a thing. And one of the one of the questions was, what are the original colors of M&Ms? And so uh, I, I pulled out, you know, clutch answer for that one. Uh, but but yeah, like M&Ms nowadays, like none of those colors seem strange nowadays as M&Ms just because there's so many different varieties of them, different mm-hmm. like, you know, holiday packs and stuff like that. So, I mean, that could just be the Valentine's Day bag of M&Ms for all I know. Yeah, and you got the red and green ones for Christmas mm-hmm. and you got the Easter ones. Um, but back in the day, man, you had yellow, green, and brown, and that was it, the yep. end. <laughs> so I remember voting in that one, um, and and my my pick one, I wanted to vote. I think if it were random again today, purple might win. Oh, I, I would vote for blue, one hundred percent. It's an in color. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't remember. I think well, I don't know. There, I I, I used at at some point this year, I knew what the official color of the year was. And I don't remember now. So. Um, so it, listeners, viewers, if you if any of this has jogged a memory in you of other like snack foods or junk foods that were had voting um, contests in popular culture, please share because I remember them. I remember more of them happening, but I don't mm-hmm. remember the specifics. Like I was racking my brain for specific examples, and these were the ones that I could remember and find. But I know there's so much more. So please, please email us or, or, or hit us on social media and tell us some of the other ones we may have missed. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting how they did the same thing with tricks where they did a political like a, a, a voting ad campaign. And then at M&M's, they wind up. It seems like this is just like the easy out. Like, hey, every four years we have a free ca- ad campaign. Ask what your chocolate can do for you. Vote on one issue this election. Me. Boys, it's all about work in the polls. Where do I stand on the issues? Right here. When I said I would run, I meant away. Vote for your favorite M&M's character at MMS.com and you can win $50,000. Do you think that's a double entendre for the green M&M? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, when was that? I don't know. I don't know when that one aired, but uh, it looks pretty modern. 2010. 2010. Mm-hmm. The, cool. um, you know, I think, you know, I, I knew, cause I think we've talked about it before, but the, um, the guy that does fry on Futurama, um, mm-hmm. is that DiMaggio? Billy West. Uh, Billy West. Okay. He, uh, so it, it like that, there is no other time that the red M&M sounds more like fry than in that commercial. <laughs> You're right. You're right. All right. So moving away from junk food, we're going to the pages. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, kind of to no? the pages. Oh, are, that's yeah. right. So the, um, you know, the, the, the political, side of comic books has always been a big thing and you know in most political campaigns there's a clear hero and a clear villain and i think that um the cape crusader has uh been 
a great inspiration for everyone. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? Station KGOM is very happy and proud to bring you a debate between the candidates who are running for mayor of Gotham City. I believe the Penguin will lead off the debate. Friends and fellow citizens, I want to give you my solemn word that there will be no mudslinging in this campaign, unless, of course, my opponent slings it. But I intend to stick to the issues. Now, what are the issues? There is only one. Batman. Who is he? Who is this acrobatic clown who somersaults around Gotham City in a, <laughs> in a ridiculous costume? I suggest that behind that mask, Batman is, in reality, a dangerous criminal. All right, so... The Penguin in this episode, this is from, you know, the Batman 66 uh, is from season two. It's, it's actually a two part episode, 17 and 18. Uh, the starts off. There's a blind newspaper salesperson. He's getting robbed by some street thug. The Penguin jumps out of a car, pulls out a boxing glove umbrella, bops the guy in the face and saves the newspaper man because he wants to clean up the streets of Gotham. Uh, he runs for mayor. People start backing him because they hear about this good deed. Uh, and um, it's it's really funny because, you know, people, everybody knows in Gotham that the Penguin is a villain. But because he did this one good deed, um, people just kind of forget all the bad things that he did. The Mayor Linseed, he's down the polls. Uh, he's running for re-election. And he asked Batman to run as mayor and then he'll be his deputy mayor. Uh, because Batman is surely the only person in Gotham uh, that would be able to beat the Penguin in an election because, man, the people really love the Penguin. Have you ever seen this episode, Preston? Dude, uh, I, I cannot remember any one specific Batman 66 episode. It's probably one of those things where when you look back, um, I'm sure you don't have the statistic handy, but like they probably only had maybe... 45 episodes and they just aired them on repeat all the time i i i have every episode on my plex server there's a pretty good bit of episodes but really that the reason that there's so many is because they started doing this during like the second and third seasons they would do like two episodes back to back mm. and so um there's a lot of episodes because of that uh yeah i i um i've seen uh this the um I have seen every episode of, of Batman 66. I used to watch it, I think, on the Family Channel when I was a kid. And um, I used to have this big traced dinosaur footprint from, like, the Nat the Museum of Science and Industry. And in it, I would write down, like, oh, today's episode was about King Tut. And I would run in the back and write King Tut's name and, like, Mr. Freeze. And, like, I wrote all the villains' names, like, inside the dinosaur footprint. But anyways, um, so it's really funny to watch this episode. If you have the ability, check out these episodes because – uh, the penguin, the way he runs his campaign is something that you would see today. So the penguin says that he wants to give the voters of the city the kind of campaign they want. No politics. Issues confuse people. He wants to give a big smile, handshakes, and a big campaign song. That's the way to win our to win an election. And, of course, <laughs> Batman wants to run on the issues because he actually cares about the city. And he says that he's convinced an American electorate is too mature to be taken in by cheap vaudeville trickery. After all, 
if our national leaders were elected on the basis of tricky slogans, brass bands, and pretty girls, our country would be in a terrible mess now, wouldn't it? So, um, so let me guess, the penguin wins. Well, <laughs> we're not there yet, but he might. You don't know. The um, it's it's really funny. So this like. I like picturing that picture of Trump holding, like hugging the flag or whatever. <laughs> the penguin, the penguin party, it ran on mother, country, and the flag. To which the voters replied, "It's such a pleasure to hear plain, honest talk from a candidate instead of the usual political mumbo jumbo." Mm. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just crazy how how easily the the citizens of Gotham were were fooled into voting for the penguin. The uh, parallels, actually, man, they yeah. run deep. It was a tight race, um, and the polls actually uh, had the penguin up for pretty much the entire episode. And, um, you know, I showed that clip of the debate where the penguin says, why does he wear a mask? And it's funny because the way he spins it is uh, he says, you know, every time you see Batman, he's surrounded by criminals and evildoers. When you see pictures of me, I'm always surrounded by the police. I support the police. I'm always with the police. I'm with the fine upstanding people of this country or of the city. And so, um, it, and he's like, you know, who do you think Batman's with? He's with all the criminals. And, uh, but, but after a while, wackiness ensues, uh, Batman ultimately wins regardless of what the polls say. Batman says, Smart politicians trust the voters, not the polls. After all, if you can't trust the voters, whom can you trust? <laughs> so, uh, and then he you know, punches out the penguin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Decks him right on TV. <laughs> so it's it's funny because you know the polls were wrong uh, in 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 that episode. Uh, so uh, you know you got to be careful with that kind of thing. But it was it's a really good episode. You should check it out. I think the Washington Post actually. In 2016, they ran an article about how uh, the how parallels. similar, the, yeah, how similar the camp uh, the campaign for the penguin and Trump were. So, I uh, you know, I don't know that I'd vote for the penguin, but I might put cast a vote for Burgess Meredith. I love that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah Burgess Meredith was amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, change the topics real quick. Have you seen the um, the shots of Colin Farrell as the penguin for the Batman with Robert Pattinson? No. What, it's what, funny because they have him in such such big makeup that he looks disheveled and he basically just looks like Richard Kind. And it's like, mm -hmm. why not just cast Richard Kind? <laughs> you know, um, the Penguin is such a, an interesting character. And it's funny because when I was watching this, I kept thinking about Batman Returns because the Penguin, like, I mean, obviously the Penguin comes from like, you know, a wealthy political family in Gotham. They didn't really relate that in this TV show, but I thought it was cool how also, you know, the penguin was doing the, essentially the same thing in, in Batman returns, you know, Danny DeVito playing the penguin, you know, he was going around and campaigning for himself and, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I thought it was neat how, how that part of the character was stayed true from the 66 show on. So that's funny. Well, I, I have not, I did not remember that episode. I'm definitely going to have to check it out, especially for the parallels of the modern times. Um, I've got another pick, but we're mm. not even leaving the topic of Batman because before you put this one down in our notes, I put down a death in the family. So I don't know if you remember this. I didn't get this one off the rack, mm -hmm. but I remember this one uh, and buying the back issues of it where the joker beats 
Robin of Batman and Robin quite significantly in battle. Now, this Robin is Jason Todd. Um, for those who are not Batman aficionados, Dick Grayson was the very first Robin of Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. Now, he smartly, DC, aged him out of the Teen Titans and of Batman being his ward, and he grew up to become Nightwing. So when he left to be Nightwing, DC decided they still needed a Robin character. So they brought in Jason Todd. Jason Todd had a very, very, very almost eerily similar background to Dick Grayson in that his family was acrobats and he had a lot of the same characteristics. Um, but in this... Uh, he, he also looked just like... Uh, like he almost looked identical to um Dick yeah Grayson. he had like like slightly reddish hair but basically mm -hmm. the same thing yeah um so he was pretty unpopular because he didn't bring anything new to the story of batman um uh, fans also didn't think he was quite appreciative enough of being taken in as ward and being shown the ways by batman and they were just like look this character isn't very nuanced he sucks and so because the character was so unpopular, the editor of Batman at the time, Denny O'Neill, uh, was inspired to create a little voting campaign. Now, what's interesting is that the inspiration for this voting campaign was inspired by an SNL sketch with Eddie Murphy. And it was, it was Eddie Murphy getting people to call in to vote whether or not Larry the lobster should be saved or should be boiled in a pot of water, should be killed. He thought this was a great idea. Um, and so he had the, the same idea. Should Robin die at the hands of the Joker or should he live? So they had a phone campaign where for a period of 36 hours, they would allow calls to be made to vote whether he should live or die. It was 50 cents a minute for the, the phone call charge. And um, I'm you know, I think if it's a run now, especially if we're online, you'd have mm -hmm. a lot more votes. Yes. But there were only 10,614 votes total. And I gotta say, it was pretty close. So two, sorry, 5,271 people voted for Robin to live. But 5,343 voted for Jason Todd to die. So, he died. <laughs> the, the end. Um, funnily enough, they actually drew two versions of the ending. And I, I wish I had thought to get you to, to show this one on screen, but there's a shot of Batman holding him, like his mm -hmm. body, but he looks up and goes, he's alive! And then like, he's there's happy. two more frames, and then it's the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, the cheesiest ending ever. Um, so I appreciate that magazine, one, for getting some fan input, or comic, for getting for some fan input, um, but also for sticking to their guns and killing off a major character mm -hmm. who remained dead for a very, very, very long time in, in, in terms of comics. And I didn't know this because this character came around after I had gotten out of comic books. But Jason Todd eventually, I don't even know how it is. Someone's got to school me. But he came back to life 
Mm-hmm. And he is the character, the Red Hood. So I can tell you how that happened. All right, tell me how it happened. All right, so I am not a DC person. I, I like I like some comic or some Batman stories when I was a kid. Hate Superman. I don't like aliens in comics, and so that and mysticism, and so that chucks a lot of DC out the window. That's why I was never a big fan. But um, I really like the animated movies that DC makes. And in 2010, I think it came out, um, there is a, 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 a movie that starts off with this part. And it is from, um, oh gosh, I think it might be called Under the Red Hood or something like that. But anyways, uh, it starts off where the Joker has has um, Jason Todd and Batman is trying to get there in time to save him. I don't remember if he beats him like he does in the comic book. I feel like there was an explosion and Batman finds stuff left over. But uh, the what what they have ultimately done with him is the Joker essentially tortured him and brainwashed him into making him think that Batman failed him and that he, and that Batman was like doesn't appreciate just like the fans didn't feel like Jason Todd appreciated Batman that Batman didn't appreciate him and so he he kind of drove him crazy and and drove him to become what he became so gotcha well i'm glad that there's a happy story in Jason Todd not that he turned out to be great but that his character was revived for uh more popularity and and um, more success than Jason mm-hmm. Todd. So uh, after Jason Todd, they had Tim Drake as Robin. I guess he's still Robin today. I don't know. No, there's somebody um, else now. There's a girl. For real? There's a girl, there's a girl Robin. I think she's still Robin. Again, I don't watch DC stuff, but I know I've seen a statue of Batman and a girl Robin, and she has like a slingshot. Oh, that was from the Frank Miller series. Oh, okay. Whatever, well, mind. I don't know if that's canon or not. I mean, like, it is, but I don't know where it falls in the thing, scheme of things. I don't really read Batman that much. I'm not a great person. I did some research for this article. <laughs> I will tell you one more thing um, that was interesting is that supposedly, I have not verified this, supposedly um, of those votes that were received by phone, they didn't limit how many times people could call. Mm-hmm. And so one guy supposedly rigged their phone to a computer and called and voted more than 100 times. So this one person may be responsible for the winning votes because if this 100 votes were not cast, it would be um, it, it would be the other way for, uh, for Jason Todd to survive. So who knows where comics history would be if we're not for a cheater scamming the system <laughs> to make sure that their least favorite comic character died. Man, think about how much that cost him. Because you know, <laughs> you know, like that phone call wasn't just like a press one for live and two for die. It was like, thank you for calling DC Comics. And like, it, it probably had like a five minute long recorded message, you know, <laughs> right. that you had to listen to. Uh, but yeah, that's really interesting. I, I appreciate you bringing that up, Preston. Um, so let's go back. So we'll, let, let's go back and talk about a little bit. Right before we're um, right before we end the show, and and tell people again on uh, how they can win those movies. Oh yeah, so uh, just a reminder: we are giving away a contest prize of thirty-one nights of fright from Movie Spree. 
And that's going to be 31 different scary movies that you can watch on moviespree.com. And we're asking our listeners to send us on social media a picture of your I voted sticker. Mm -hmm. um, most states do this. If you're unable to send an I voted sticker, maybe a picture of yourself outside of your polling place or something like that. Um, but send us that and we'll pick at least two winners to at win random. that at random to win the 31 nights of fright from moviespree.com. Cool. It's a, it's a great deal. Uh, I know um, the last giveaway that we did uh, where they gave away a collection like that. Uh, the person that won seemed pretty excited about it. So uh, there was some great, great stuff in it. So, um, but yeah, definitely uh, send us out uh, the way you can send those pictures to us. You got, you got to hit me up at, B.E. Grantham on Twitter. Um, you can send a, a picture to the show at Wayback underscore attack. Preston, where can people find you? You can hit me up on Twitter at Squared Stiff. And we even have reluctantly a Facebook account, um, Wayback Attack. But we also have our regular email, um, waybackattackshow at gmail.com. Our website, waybackattackshow.com. And then we have a YouTube channel, so if you didn't catch the live stream on Twitch tonight, um, you can see the episode on YouTube on Wednesday following each show. And you can also, of course, uh, check us out wherever great podcasts are found. Yeah. So thank you again for tuning in tonight. Uh, you know, our next show is going to be um, our one-year anniversary and we have some uh, exciting things lined up for that. So make sure that uh, you come watch for that one. Uh, you know, you can check it live, check it on YouTube or check it in your ear holes. But make sure that you check it out. Thank you so much. And remember to vote. Oh, yes. Vote. <laughs>